Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, on Ground Zero.radio and the Aftermath FM Ground Zero app, right after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Thank you so much for tuning into The Secret Teachings whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. If you enjoy this show and you'd like to contact us, or if you don't enjoy the show and you'd like to contact us, the emails are rdgable at yahoo.com and tstradio at protonmail.com. If you go to any radio or podcast player after the show, you can search The Secret Teachings and listen to the show for free. You do have to listen to those sometimes annoying advertisements that get placed there by Spreaker. So you can get rid of those if you go to our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our still-discounted subscription archive with all the montages on top of all of the shows, my digital books you can download and read, and a private RSS feed. Just visit the website and subscribe today. It is because of people like you who subscribe and who buy my books that we can do what we do five nights a week, again, Monday through Friday, on top of the platform that Ground Zero and everybody at Ground Zero have given us to host our show. Very appreciative of that as well. And sometimes our show parallels with Clyde's show on Ground Zero. I was actually talking with Clyde yesterday. We don't talk every day, and we certainly don't plan out shows together, but On occasion, we get together, we do a show together, and sometimes we sort of talk about shows that are a little more parallel um, than you might find on, let's say, other networks. And uh, yesterday, Clyde and I were on the phone talking about nuclear energy, uh, fusion energy, technology, new technologies. And uh, it's kind of interesting. Over the weekend, I went out of town to uh, Sedona here in Arizona for my fiance Hope's birthday. And we went to this really great restaurant. Uh, I don't get paid to say this, but it's a really great restaurant called Chocola Tree, one of my favorite restaurants. I can actually eat like everything at the restaurant. And uh, I picked up a copy of one of these, they're called Natural Awakening Magazine. It's a free magazine that's published. It talks about, you know, nutrition and health and environmental things. And, you know, some people might consider it to be kind of politically left or whatever, but I've always enjoyed reading some of the articles so I opened the articles up. I opened the news, little newspaper magazine up, and I read this article about electric vehicles. And I was trying to stay away from everything in the news because it's, you know, it's her birthday and we're out of town and I turned my phone off for most of the weekend. And um, we're going back to the hotel and I opened this little magazine up and I saw this article and I, it's a short article And I kind of get upset. I get upset when people tell me that electric cars are the solution to all the world's problems because, well, they're not. And it's been estimated that you would need to double, triple, maybe even quadruple the power output and the grid in order to achieve the amount of sustainable energy, if you will, to fuel, if you will, to finance these electric vehicles. In fact, the article says that a Stanford University study shows that the demands for power could burden the electric grid, particularly in Western states, by up to 25%. That's a conservative estimate. Some say that it would basically burden the grid to the point where we would have 
power outages, we would have to quadruple the size of the grid to be able to energetically finance if everybody, every single person had an electric car. Now, I've had my fair share of arguments. I would like them to be debates, but I don't know if a lot of people like debating anymore. It's really all about arguing your point uh, that is based in politics, that is based in bias, that is based in you know your tribe. But I've, I've had my fair share of arguments and discussions and debates where I tell people I don't particularly like you know, oil. I don't particularly like gas. I don't particularly like, you know, nuclear energy. I don't particularly like anything or dislike anything. I'm kind of a circumstantialist. So if you want to solve, quote, energy problems, if you want people to switch to electric cars, telling people to switch to an electric car because they can't afford $5 for a gallon of gas doesn't really solve the problem when the average car if you want to drive more than a few hundred miles, is going to cost you upwards of $100,000. You can get cheaper ones, but you can maybe only drive 95 miles on them. Or you can get the ones that, I've seen one that kind of looks like it's basically a golf cart. Uh, and you can get, it's basically like a motorcycle, just with a shell around it. Uh, and that's not going to drive your family anywhere. And that surely isn't going to haul products across the country and allow you to live you know, the life and uh, largely in luxury here in the West. Uh, that you're used to living. So these are not solutions to problems. They are band-aids and they are visual stimulants of potentially what could be achieved if we had an, a reliable source of energy that was, well, it would be even better. Certainly, I don't buy the climate change narrative, but it would certainly be better if you had an unlimited source of energy that did not have any waste byproduct that didn't emit Carbon, although I don't think carbon is a negative thing, I think carbon is a positive thing. Uh, plants and trees thrive off of carbon. The earth is greener now and less brown than it has been in recorded history. Satellite evidence shows that. Even NASA says that because of CO2, we've actually seen a decrease in warming because more plants absorbing that carbon dioxide. And that, of course, means more oxygen and a more stable environment. And that's a positive thing. But if we can have a source of energy with no perceivable or scientifically verifiable negative effects or consequences, that would be a great thing. I'm all for that. But you need to show it to me before we rip civilization apart and replace it with things that don't really work that well. So, as most of you heard on Clyde's show, and most of you probably heard yesterday and the last few days, I had heard this about a week ago, didn't think much of it at the time. I did kind of think, that this announcement that was made today by the Department of Energy might be, and I thought this before the announcement, it might be kind of like the announcement decades ago about cold fusion. And it, well, it, it, kind, of, it kind of blew over like you know some very cold snow. It turned out to kind of be uh, fraudulent. Although some people disagree with that and say cold fusion has been suppressed and the technology is really still there and you can run a car on water and you don't need to have you know, fossil fuels of any kinds. And those are all topics that we could certainly discuss. And I'm aware of those things. And we're going to set those aside for this show largely. This morning, the Department of Energy announced that the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory had, through their national ignition facility, conducted and achieved just a few days ago before the announcement, 
an energy breakthrough or what they call an energy break even, meaning that the experiment using lasers uh, was able to produce more energy from a fusion reaction than from the energy that goes into the lasers that were used to drive it and to produce it. Now, obviously, that is a huge achievement. That is a breakthrough technology. In fact, if you, first thing I thought of when I heard this, and Clyde and I were talking last night, I thought of the Soviet scientist, Nikolai Karnashev, who proposed this hypothetical scale of energy usage and how that defined a civilization. A civilization such as our own is able to manipulate the weather and essentially control the entire planet. That would be a type one civilization. You've probably heard Michio Kaku, the theoretical physicist, also talk about this famously. A type two civilization would be able to control the output of a star. Now, maybe we think of the ability to park some kind of advanced spaceship next to the sun and draw the energy away from it, or we were able to harness it in some kind of you know battery through solar power. But a lot of us don't think that we don't have to go to the sun to do it. We could actually create our own sun here on planet Earth. The Chinese have done it. In fact, the Chinese have been breaking fusion records for a lot longer than the United States has, at least officially. The Chinese have had an artificial sun now for quite some time, and that artificial sun, uh, that China, I mean, I, I, for, for a while I thought this was all made up, but the Smithsonian Magazine published a story early in January, China's Experimental Advanced Superconducting Tokamak, or the East, which is the Chinese artificial sun, has operated for 16 years. It's operated since 2006. And in a new world record, China's artificial sun project has sustained a nuclear fusion reaction for more than 17 minutes. So this is something that the Chinese have certainly succeeded in. And now, according to the Department of Energy, and I'll play the small announcement here for you in just a moment and read you some of what the DOE had to say in their press release, the Department of Energy announced that one of their national laboratories, they, they control a lot of national laboratories, of course, the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory made a scientific breakthrough on December 5th at the National Ignition Facility. And they've been able to achieve fusion ignition, which greatly increases the prospects of clean fusion energy, which would hopefully allow us to eventually obtain net zero carbon economies around the world. We'd all be able to benefit from this technology. Here is the announcement from the Department of Energy. This is from C-SPAN, and if you'd like the link, I can send it to you. Just email me, and I will copy and paste it to you. Uh, today, we're here to talk about fusion, combining two particles into one. Last week... At the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California, scientists at the National Ignition Facility achieved fusion ignition. And that is creating more energy from fusion reactions than the energy used to start the process. So I don't have to tell you that's a big deal. However, the question really is, is this a sustainable process? 
I'm not talking about environmentally, but the Chinese were able to create this fusion reaction using their artificial sun for more than 17 minutes. What the scientists achieved at Lawrence Livermore doesn't, at least on the surface, based on the press release, sound as potentially significant as what China has already accomplished. But even in, let's say it is by some metric or some standard, I'm not a nuclear physicist, so I don't know. But I wonder if this is kind of like a cold fusion announcement in the sense that although this might be possible, and certainly the Chinese have demonstrated that it is, and according to, according to reports, the, the scientists at Lawrence Livermore have uh, achieved more energy output than what they've put into it. Uh, there's a specific number we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. It's something around uh, two, I think it's like two or two and a half or two point, I think it's like 2.05 megajoules of energy input resulting in 3.15 megajoules of energy output. So that's an achievement. Does that change the world right now? Not necessarily. Does that change your gas or electric car? Not necessarily. So it's possible, but this announcement doesn't seem to be, in my opinion, as groundbreaking as the implication is. The implication is it's possible to do this. A lot of people will say, well, sure, we, we've known that the Chinese have done this and we've speculated for a long time that there are ways to achieve this kind of energy um, output or creation. And, and some would argue even without any kind of nuclear technology, for that matter, a, 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 another kind of free energy, if you will, universal energy that has nothing to do, let's say, with nuclear technology. But is this really something that's going to change the world at this moment or could it be that this is just very convenient because the Department of Energy says, and if you listen to the full 33 minute and 47 second press, uh, let's see, I have the audio here, the video. Yeah, the, so this is from C-SPAN. Uh, if you listen to the whole thing, this press conference that the DOE had, they mention Joe Biden a lot. And they mention even in their press release that this is a game changer for efforts to achieve President Biden's goal of net zero economy or of, of a net zero economy. And I picked that up during the audio and during the video when I watched the press conference and then listened to it just audio uh, again later when I was preparing for the show. They mentioned Joe Biden a lot. This is because the Biden administration has invested in these types of technologies. It's because of Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. And I thought that weird in and of itself. And then I heard this. Take a listen to this. It's from the press, uh, press conference. And it's basically how we can use this energy to help society become more inclusive and more diverse, uh, you know, a diverse workforce to put this into motion. Take, take a listen to this and tell me if this sounds like science or if this sounds like social justice. We're partnering with the Office of Science and Technology Policy to map out the president's bold vision for driving that commercial fusion in the next decade with the highest safety standards, with cost-effective, equitable uh, deployment that positions American businesses to lead and communities to thrive, and with a skilled workforce that's diverse and inclusive. Did you catch those key words there? Let me play that part for you again. 
not the whole thing, but where she says, with the highest safety standards, with cost-effective, equitable uh, deployment. Equitable deployment of this fusion technology. That positions American businesses to lead and communities to thrive, and with a skilled workforce that's diverse and inclusive. So equitable, diverse, and inclusive. Now, one might wonder, I mean, I wonder why that is included in the statement to the media, in the statement to the general public and and to the world, for that matter, why that needs to be stated. This is potentially a civilization changing discovery based on the Kardashev scale, Nikolai Kardashev in 64 this hypothetical scale of energy consumption of type one, type two, and type three civilization, planetary, solar, and galactic. This would move us from a type one civilization able to harness the power of a planet to change the weather, etc., to a type two civilization able to harness the power of a star, and we can do this in laboratories in China or in the United States. So such an incredible achievement is essentially boiled down to and fused with social justice and Marxist talking points and ideology. Why is that in the press conference? I don't understand. Why do they constantly refer to Joe Biden? He's the one with the bold vision. Is he? Joe Biden is the man with the bold vision, the man who can't string together a sentence, the man who drives, well, very expensive cars that don't run on electricity. It's kind of like Pete Buttigieg or Buttigieg or whatever his name is, where he drives in the SUV and then gets a bike out of the back and bikes the rest of the way to make it look good for the photo op, who takes the private jet like Al Gore and Bill Gates, private jets that emit more carbon dioxide in a single flight than most of you will emit in, I mean, depending on your lifestyle, in some cases, an entire year. But it's Joe Biden's bold vision, and this is technology that can be implemented equitably, technology that can be implemented with the assistance of a diverse workforce. This is nuclear technology that doesn't have any radioactive byproduct that has no negative things like what they say is negative carbon dioxide, clean energy. And they're talking about it like it's some kind of social justice movement. And that Joe Biden is the one that's responsible for this, which if I was a scientist working on this, I I think I'd be pretty upset. No, Joe Biden didn't do anything. His investments and whatever didn't have anything to do with this. And if Joe Biden's the mastermind behind it all, how did the Chinese figure this out? Maybe they stole it from the United States like they steal a lot of things. And hey, maybe, you know what? Maybe the Biden administration's Sam Brinton, who was just finally fired, who worked for the Department of Energy, maybe he stole the technology. <laughs> did you ever think of that? Maybe he, he was trying to steal, maybe there was a Chinese suitcase And they had all the paperwork, all the information on the artificial sun. And they sent in Brenton. He stole the suitcase. And right after he steals the suitcase, two of them actually, it was two-parter. 
we officially discover more energy output than energy input in a fusion reaction. Maybe the Chinese didn't steal it from us and the brilliance of Joe Biden. Maybe Sam Brinton stole it from the Chinese. It's a little tongue in cheek kind of a joke, but I want you to think about that as I read you this statement from the 2022 G20 Bali Leaders Declaration. We did a couple of shows on this recently. Tell me if this doesn't sound similar to what you heard at the press conference this morning from the Department of Energy. Point number 11, this is what Joe Biden signed on to. We meet at a time of climate and energy crisis compounded by geopolitical challenges. We are experiencing volatility in energy prices and markets and shortage disruptions to energy supply. We underline the urgency to rapidly transform and diversify energy systems, advance energy security and resilience and markets stability by accelerating, here it is, accelerating and ensuring clean, sustainable, just, affordable, and inclusive energy transitions. What is just energy? What is inclusive energy? Because it sounds really similar to what we heard this morning at the DOE press conference. Fusion in the next decade with the highest safety standards, with cost-effective equitable uh, deployment that positions American businesses to lead and communities to thrive and with a skilled workforce that's diverse and inclusive. You wouldn't want a skilled workforce that isn't diversive. Why do you need to say diversive? Just hire the people that are qualified. Certainly they're not doing this. It's certainly these people are not skilled. I mean, look at the Britain guy or girl or whatever he is. I mean, an, an actual freak of nature that is placed in the Department of Energy, who is placed in charge of certain elements of nuclear security. And that's that's the person that's that's the diverse hire. Is that who you want controlling clean, unlimited energy with no negative byproducts? What about the idea of proliferation? What if that energy source could be turned into a weapon? What about a weapon that was able to destroy a large area, but there's no nuclear radioactive fallout? This is the premise of the third Batman movie with Bane. This is the premise of uh, a number of movies and TV shows. The old uh, cartoon movie Atlantis, this unlimited energy source that people wanted to turn into a weapon. Think about it for a second. People have always said there never there will never be a nuclear war. There was never a threat of nuclear war during the Cold War. There's never a threat of nuclear war even today at the current moment in 2022 because, you know, the global elites don't want to destroy the planet and make it uninhabitable. But what if you could destroy the planet theoretically without any nuclear fallout? What if you could create essentially what amounts to a clean atomic weapon? where there are no additional negative consequences or side effects of detonating it. You just destroy what you want to destroy, and then that land or that area is still very inhabitable. Uh, That is the danger of this kind of technology, and it's certainly the danger of this kind of technology when you put people like Sam Britton at the Department of Energy, Office of Nuclear Energy, and don't really think about who's talented or skilled or who's working on these things. You just want to hire people so that the energy can be distributed equitably. There's a problem here. 
We're going to go further into it tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. So the U.S. Department of Energy, the DOE, and the DOE's National Security Administration announced today, December 13th, that on December 5th, just over a week ago, 2022, fusion ignition had been achieved at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. They're calling it the Scientific Energy Break-Even when more energy is produced from fusion than from the laser energy used to drive the experiment. This experiment was carried out at the National Ignition Facility. The LLNL's experiment surpassed, according to reports, the fusion threshold by delivering 2.05 megajoules of energy to the target, resulting in 3.15 megajoules of fusion energy output. This is being touted as a breakthrough in, quote, clean fusion energy. That's according to the Department of Energy. It's part of the process towards a net zero carbon economy, according to the Department of Energy, using a process of what they call inertial confinement fusion, whereby a tiny pellet of hydrogen plasma is bombarded with lasers. Realistically, though, this technology in the capacity that it has to power our homes and cars, etc., is decades at minimum, officially. Decades, if not half a century, if not until the end of the century for that matter, away from being fully recognized. 
It may take a couple of decades. It may take more than a couple of decades for these results to be scaled upward and to be basically to be implemented in every aspect of society uh, to replace all forms of energy at the moment uh, with new forms of energy. Clean energy with no carbon emissions, no radioactive byproduct, really stuff of science fiction, stuff of comic books, stuff of fantasy, stuff that you can only kind of imagine. Now, if such an achievement has actually been reached, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, if this is actually something that they achieved at Lawrence Livermore. I mean, maybe they did for a second. A couple of minutes, this is what they, they find in the experiment. But can you actually practically take that and apply it to the real world? Back in the 60s, scientists were speculating on this. We, we've heard for decades about cold fusion. Officially, that's a scam. It's a con. Other people maintain that cold fusion is a possibility. But when you look at what the scientists reportedly have achieved... If you could scale it up, this would solve a lot of the world's problems, and this would kind of like uh, the backstory to the video game Fallout, this would allow us to achieve incredible things in a relatively short period of time with unlimited energy. Of course, the other part of that story is we consume so much that we run out of things, even with largely unlimited energy sources, and the world plunges into nuclear war. And of course, with this kind of technology that the scientists at Lawrence Livermore have uh, reportedly developed and achieved in this experiment, we could be looking at atomic-type weapons, nuclear-type weapons, without any kind of radioactive fallout, which kind of answers the age-old question, why would the most powerful people in the world be okay with a nuclear exchange, if, if they ever were? You know, wouldn't this affect them? Wouldn't this kill them? I mean, how long can you survive in a bunker underground like fallout? Well, maybe if you have a weapon that doesn't have any radioactive fallout, you can wipe out an entire city, kill everybody, and there's no radioactive fallout. That's a much more, I would assume, that's a much more desirable weapon for psychopaths and for maniacs and crazy people and and demons and devils Uh, than a traditional uh, weapon that was detonated over Nagasaki or Hiroshima. So that's something to think about. But if we want to apply this positively and practically, in order to use this little bit of hydrogen fuel to power our cars, to power our houses, just a tiny little bit of it could power a house for a hundred or more years, we're going to need a lot more advancements a lot more um, technological uh, know-how. It's going to have to be achieved in these fields before this can be blown up. And despite the Department of Energy's announcement, the mainstream media and other people that are scientists and climatologists, for for example, Peter Glaik, is a climatologist, said we still need to focus on wind and solar power and we need to invest more money in these things. Why would we invest more money in things that we know are not efficient if we already have this new source of energy, which if we're to believe the implications and and the information that the DOE is giving us, this is implementable. This is a practical thing that can be utilized within a short period of time. 
like we could achieve uh, full scale usage of this by, let's say, 2050. That seems like a long way away. It's not. It's still within my lifetime. So 2050. Uh, that's one of the the numbers that I've seen given. Others have said a few decades. I mean, that could be 2040, 2050, but around that that time frame. Uh, 2050 is also the time frame that a lot give for the raw AI singularity, uh, although I think that we've achieved that in other ways and that AI isn't something we're building. It's something we're awakening. Like we discussed on the show Friday night, uh, Godzilla mode with Derek Murphy. But the idea here is, if you already have achieved this officially, and behind the scenes, I'm sure that this technology and the, and the implications of this are much more advanced than what the DOE has told us. Um, they took several days after they achieved this on December 5th, this fusion reaction, uh, where you have more output than input. It took them several days to confirm it anyway. So it, behind the scenes, there's certainly information that we don't have, right? There's certainly technology that we don't have. So... If we, we're pretty sure we can achieve this by 2040, 2050, even if 2060, whatever, um, why would we continue to invest obscene amounts of money in solar and wind that would be made obsolete in a couple of years anyway? Why would we impoverish a large part of the world and prevent nations from developing and people from achieving you know, everything from basic health and hygiene to uh, basic education? Why would we prevent all of that? to achieve technologies like wind and solar that would be efficient when by the time we even get to a point with major investments that we might start seeing a benefit, we'll have a solution that makes them obsolete anyway. Is, this, is that just greed uh, or is it something else? Or does it mean that the nuclear fusion announcement by the Department of Energy is maybe kind of like cold fusion in the sense that maybe they did achieve this, but ultimately it's not something that's really going to be practically applied within any of our lifetimes. So it kind of gives us this hope that we can achieve the unachievable. And if we just keep investing in solar and wind, we'll eventually get to this limitless energy with no carbon with no radioactive components to it. In other words, in really simple terms, this is basically PR for the alternative energy communities. And this is probably why, if you watch the press conference this morning, about 33 minutes and, and 47 seconds, I think it's, it's a relatively short press conference. Um, they, talk, they talk a lot about how Joe Biden is the mastermind behind all of this. And even the DOE press release says it could be a game changer uh, for efforts to achieve President Biden's goal of a net zero carbon economy. And then you listen to this, which shouldn't have anything to do with clean energy for everybody. But this is how they say they're going to implement it. They're going to implement it equitably. And they're going to hire diverse people to do it. With the highest safety standards, with cost-effective, equitable uh, deployment that positions American businesses to lead and communities to thrive, and with a skilled workforce that's diverse and inclusive. It's diverse and it's inclusive, and the energy is distributed equitably. And that sounds very similar to what I read you from the G20 Bali leaders declaration that said 
accelerating and ensuring clean, sustainable, just, affordable, and inclusive energy and energy transitions. So here is the DOE press release. I'm going to read you the paragraph, the first paragraph here, to give you an idea of what they are saying that they've achieved. The U.S. Department of Energy and the DOE's National Nuclear Security Administration today announced the achievement of fusion ignition at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, a major scientific breakthrough decades in the making that will pave the way for advancements in national defense and the future of clean power. On December 5th, the team at LLNL's National Ignition Facility, the NIF, conducted the first controlled fusion experiment in history to reach this milestone, also known as scientific energy break-even, meaning it produced more energy from fusion than the laser energy used to drive it. This historic, first-of-its-kind achievement will provide unprecedented capability to support NNSA's stockpile stewardship program and will provide invaluable insights into the prospects of clean fusion energy, which would be a game-changer for efforts to achieve President Biden's goal of a net zero carbon economy. That is the Department of Energy press release as of this morning. Now, yesterday and the day before yesterday, we heard from a couple of different news outlets that this was coming. The Financial Times reported on December 11th, fusion energy breakthrough by U.S. scientists boosts clean power hopes. And yesterday I came across this article and I sent this to Clyde and he called me and that's when we started talking about this and doing the shows on it tonight. This article says scientists hail nuclear fusion breakthrough, but caution that climate change remains a crisis. And if you read that particular article, it says, and this is the gentleman I mentioned a few minutes ago, some scientists voice skepticism about the announcement, suggesting that it may be overhyped by credulous media. Peter Glaik the climatologist who founded the Pacific Institute noted that the cost of fusion is currently dramatically higher than clean alternatives such as wind and solar. The article says even boosters of nuclear fusion admit that many questions remain unanswered and that it could take decades before the breakthrough can be used to provide electricity to the public. So we still need to remember that there's climate change, although this would eliminate that from the political arsenal or would eliminate that from the uh, the side of most politicians as a weapon that can be used to make people feel bad about themselves and about their families and having kids. So they tell you, don't forget about climate change. And certainly, I mean, there are a lot of concerns about an energy source like this, not just proliferation, but, uh, Perhaps something more dangerous than proliferation. What about the possibility, as I alluded to a moment ago, that if the idea is we've achieved this, but we're going to need decades to really implement it, so we should still keep investing in green energy, maybe this is, maybe it's an advancement, sure, but maybe this is kind of like cold fusion, and maybe it's kind of like, remember when Barack Obama became president and it was announced that Osama bin Laden was officially killed. Remember that? 
a few years into Obama's presidency. And the New York Times and others had reported that Biden, or excuse me, there's a Freudian slip, that uh, <laughs> that bin Laden, bin Laden, Biden, I don't know why I get this confused, that bin Laden had actually been killed or had died years before. And so this theory kind of circulated, I'm not saying I believe it or don't believe it, that his body was essentially kept on ice and it was used because we weren't allowed to see the photographs of it, right? They, they dumped it in the ocean. It's essentially, his body was kept on ice, if you will, until it was politically necessary to unveil it. So all the work of the Bush administration and Obama gets all this credit, right? Obama killed Osama bin Laden. Kind of feels the same way here. The Department of Energy is saying that it's Joe Biden and his bold goings, his bold investments that led to this achievement. But we can't actually give you the achievement right now. We're going to need several decades to implement it. And so everybody's like, yeah, this is great. But what do we do now? Well, in the meantime, while you're waiting for this technology to be implemented, like you're waiting on to, you know, some food at a restaurant you're picking up, you, know, you, you can do a few things while you wait. You could continue to invest in wind and solar. So if they're so sure that this technology, that this achievement is groundbreaking and could potentially, on the Kardashev scale, lift us from type 1 to type 2 civilization, from planetary harvesting to basically harvesting a star, type 3 is harvesting the energy of a galaxy, but basically type 2 on the Nikolai Kardashev scale, then why would we continue to spend money on wind and solar? And I, I'm sure there's a simple answer to that, but there's a more complex answer to that too, I think. If you know this energy is here and we can utilize it, we just need a little time to kind of work on it, then even if we continue to use fossil fuels the way that we have been, you look at the work of Bjorn Lomberg, if we basically do nothing, we will still be wealthier and safer and more. we'll have more abundance in 2100 than we do today, even if we do nothing, essentially, about climatic you know, uh, change, quote-unquote. If we do nothing, essentially, it has virtually no effect on how wealthy and how well-off and how nice the planet is. This, this planet's still going to be green. The planet will still be here. We're not going to destroy the planet. We adapt to things. So that's if we do nothing and we continue doing what, we, what we're doing now with no adaptation, with you know, car engines have become cleaner over the years. Um, we've been able to preserve you know, more resources because of not, it's, a lot of people think it's largely because of um, recycling, but it's not all recycling. It's also because we can uh, harvest more resources when we find them. We have new ways to find new resources. So we find that there's more than we, we estimated there were. It's like there's more trees on this planet by the trillions and trillions than we thought there were hundreds of billions. There's actually trillions of trees on the planet. So, what we find is if we do nothing, nothing much really changes. If we do a lot, things change dramatically now, and it still doesn't have much of an effect on the future, except we're all a lot poorer. And that, that doesn't sound very good. But if you bring in the fusion advancement, and you say that the fusion advancement is the future, then let's just keep doing what we're doing, because it's not going to have much of an effect over the next couple of decades because once we implement this, carbon emissions just drop to zero overnight. And that solves the problem. So why would we still focus on wind and solar? That's like saying, I mean, there's a lot of examples to this. 
that's like saying, well, we've we've invented a, you know, the airplane. We can fly anywhere in the world in a matter of hours. You don't have to, to walk anymore. You don't really have to take a boat. You can fly anywhere in the world. Now, you haven't seen the plane yet. They just tell you they've invented it. And it sounds like science fiction. And they say, but we still need you to get on a boat and cross the ocean. We still need you to walk everywhere you, you've been walking and use a horse to get around. And you're like, but, but why would I need to do that if you have this incredible technology that I could fly all over the world anytime I want and within hours? Well, it's not perfected yet. Okay, well, I guess I'll keep doing some of the things I've, I've, I've continued to do um, until we, we achieve this, this technology. And then it just becomes like flying cars. It becomes like cold fusion. It's just it's something we talk about, but it doesn't happen. Like, do you, do you sincerely think that this fusion achievement uh, is going to change the world? If it's real, it has the potential. Uh, it transitions us from a type 1 to type 2 civilization, something which is science fiction, part of the, um, the, the, uh, inner, the hypothetical scale of energy consumption proposed by Nikolai, uh, Nikolai Kardashev in 1964. So the Michio Kaku talks about a lot. But why do we still need to focus on the past so heavily and keep investing in it? Why does the Department of Energy focus so much attention on, oh, it's Joe Biden's achievement. Joe Biden's achievement. Not even the scientists. It's just Joe Biden's achievement. He was the bold investor in this. He did it. And not only that, but as I played you before, we're going to make sure this energy is distributed equitably. Safety standards with cost-effective, equitable uh, deployment. And then we're going to hire a diverse group of people to carry it out. And with a skilled workforce that... And that's all you need, a skilled workforce. That's diverse and inclusive. Diverse and inclusive. So if you have the option between hiring, let's say, a white person who knows what they're doing and somebody with mental problems on various kinds of drugs and address... We're going to hire that person because they they can say the word nuclear, but, you know, they're in a dress. So they get hired over the white person who actually knows what they're doing. I mean, the, the ludicrous nature of this, that those Marxist talking points is found, I mean, at the moment in the story of Sam Britton, the DOE employee who was finally fired, uh, assistant secretary for spent fuel and waste dis, uh, disposal uh, at the Office of Nuclear Energy. That's the person? Have you seen this person? They look like, I mean, they are mentally ill. I mean, how did, why did they get fired anyway? Because they were stealing people's suitcases at the airport. This is a high-level government official. Look at this person. A true freak of nature. And yet, that's who was hired. It's a diversity hire. Is that what they're going to do at the DOE? Are you going to put people like that in charge of you know, basically, uh, you know, a Tony Stark-like reactor. It's like the movie Idiocracy. You know, the people in the hospital, right? The people that work at the hospital, uh, the police. Like, every nobody knows how to even use the technology that they have. Is that what you're going to do? Because that's what it kind of sounds like. Equitable, sustainable, and that's what the Bali Declaration says. Inclusive energy, affordable energy, just energy, sustainable energy, clean energy. All the buzzwords, all the talking points. So why would they do that? Well, since the 1950s, scientists have officially been attempting to harness a fusion reaction, basically, uh, that would allow them to create an artificial sun. 
Now, the Chinese have done this already. In fact, they broke a record this year or last year into this year with their artificial sun project, a fusion reaction for more than 17 minutes. 17 minutes, according to the Smithsonian. And then we hear today that on the 5th of December, scientists at the National Ignition Facility, all run by the DOE, they've achieved this breakthrough, more energy output than energy input. And that sounds like a great thing, but then the media tells us and preempts us with stories of remembering climate change. Remember, climate change is still a thing. We still need to invest in the green initiatives and the Green New Deal stuff. Couldn't we just throw all that stuff away now? I mean, once the Biden administration traded an arms dealer who was convicted of plotting to kill American citizens for an ungrateful basketball star. And maybe it's a great thing she's home. I wouldn't want to be kept in another country like that, but I guess if I hated America, maybe I would be. I don't know. You trade an arms dealer for someone like that. The discussion on guns and gun control should be over. The discussion about how evil Russia is should be over. You just sent them a, a, an arms dealer who plotted and conspired to kill American citizens. And likewise, with this fusion reaction announcement, we shouldn't have to hear about climate change anymore. We should just be able to sit back, put the money into the fusion research, and within a couple of decades, we have fallout cars powered by nuclear reactors, and we have planes powered by nuclear reactors. Funny thing is, I've never heard anybody else talk about this, but if you go out to the Idaho National Laboratory, it's about two and a half hours southeast, roughly, maybe three hours, southeast near Craters of the Moon, but southeast of Boise, Idaho. And they tell you that out, out there in the desert, they detonated the first, uh, well, it was the largest, one of the largest uh, non-nuclear bombs, and they built nuclear-powered cars and planes, or at least they experimented with them. So they were doing this decades and decades and decades and decades ago. And the DOE was overseeing that at the Idaho National Laboratory. Now they're telling you we have the technology to do it in 2022, but we're going to need to wait a couple of decades. And while we're waiting on them to achieve that, everybody goes to sleep. We keep funding the solar and the wind. But why would we do that if we didn't do anything over the next 80 years and barely anything would change and we'd adapt and we'd still be wealthier, according to the work of people like Bjorn Lomberg? Why would we make all of these adjustments and changes if we can just kind of ride it out for a couple of decades? The world's not going to end. They've been telling you that since, well, God knows how long, in the mid part of the 20th century and even before. So let's just ride it out, keep using fossil fuels, uh, and we will eventually achieve this naturally. That's what makes me scratch my head. It, it doesn't feel, it doesn't seem natural. It seems like this is a play um, on the public. It's Joe Biden that achieved it. It's, it's the great supreme leader, Mao. He achieved this. He did it, not the scientists. They all got executed after the fact. Nobody got killed. I'm just saying, they, they, you know, basically the, the scientists didn't do anything. Joe Biden did it. You know, you look at movies like Spider-Man, Batman. You look at that cartoon movie, Atlantis. Look at the movie, The Twilight, uh, the TV show, The Twilight Zone, uh, to serve man. The aliens, they came to the UN and they offered this unlimited technology to do what? Cure disease and solve our energy problems. And what are the two core components of the pandemic and the transitioning of lockdowns and pandemic-related responses to climate change? Zero tolerance for COVID-19 and a zero-carbon emission plan. 
which again is what the DOE said as part of the Biden administration's goal to achieve a net zero carbon economy. Zero carbon, zero COVID, zero COVID, zero carbon. They even start with CO. The aliens gave us that technology, right? Save us from disease. Save us from an energy crisis. Save the climate, to save the planet. But those aliens were trying to serve us in a different way. Then we can talk about the dangers that have nothing to do with aliens, of proliferation. What can happen when you take the core out of the, essentially, uh, nuclear weapon and allow it to decay? And then it goes off. And Bain says, for the sake of your children, Dr. Pavel, I hope that it does. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There is a lot more after this. We're going to look at the esoteric and occult side of it when we come back from break. Don't go anywhere. This is The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info if you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year check out one of my four books for the holiday season occult arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore the technological elixir looks at ufos demonology in the music industry and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit the Secret Teachings and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. Hello, folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero, and call out to the follow back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, my name is Marlena Seven Bremner, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Today, we're here to talk about fusion, combining two particles into one. A type one civilization is truly planetary. They absorb all the light coming in from their mother star, and they control all planetary forms of energy. For example, they might be able to modify the weather. A type two civilization is stellar. They control the entire energy output of a star. Last week at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California, scientists at the National Ignition Facility achieved fusion ignition, and that is creating more energy from fusion reactions than the energy used to start the process. It's the first time it has ever been done in a laboratory. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. No fossil fuels. Free clean energy for an entire city. Someone will work out Dr. Pavel did someone will figure out a way to make this power source into a nuclear weapon. Commercial fusion in the next decade with the highest safety standards, with cost-effective, equitable deployment that positions American businesses to lead and communities to thrive, and with a skilled workforce that's diverse and inclusive. I will note that actually we do work in parallel universes. Simply put, this is one of the most impressive scientific feats of the 21st century. This is now... A four megaton nuclear bomb. Pull the core out of the reactor. No, you cannot. This is the only power source capable of sustaining it. If you move it, the core will decay in a matter of months. Five, by my calculations. Go off. And for the sake of your children, Dr. Pavel. Indeed, I hope it does. In 2077, the storm of World War had come again. In two brief hours, most of the planet was reduced to cinders. And from the ashes of nuclear devastation, a new civilization would struggle to arise. I miniaturized our reactor. We got a big one powering my factory at home. But what could it generate? If my math is right, I know it is. Three gigajoules per second. That could go on your heart for 50 lifetimes. Or something big for 15 minutes. Fasten your seatbelts. Doctor, we have a successful fusion reaction. We knew the world would not be the same. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all thought that, one way or another. You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Hour number two, that last clip you heard in the new montage is one of the previews, the trailers for Christopher Nolan's new movie, Oppenheimer. According to an article in Variety, the new movie shows a nuclear weapon detonating 
without the use of computer-generated images. That is a step forward in computer technology. According to the Department of Energy, the DOE's National Security Administration announced today, that was announced yesterday, about the Nolan movie. This was announced today, that fusion ignition on December 5th, about a week ago, had been achieved at the DOE's Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. They are calling it the scientific energy break-even, where more energy is produced from the fusion reaction than from the laser energy used to drive the experiment. Carried out at the National Ignition Facility, the LLNL's experiment surpassed the fusion threshold by delivering 2.05 megajoules of energy to the target resulting in 3.15 megajoules of fusion energy output. That's from the DOE's press release. It's being touted as a breakthrough in clean fusion energy. The DOE says it is progress towards a net zero carbon economy using a process of inertial confinement fusion, whereby a tiny pellet of hydrogen plasma is bombarded with lasers. Realistically, however, it's probably going to take up to several decades. Conservative estimates say 2050. More liberal estimates say maybe within the next 10 to 15 to 20 years. But it's going to take a while before this technology can be scaled upwards so that we can use it in cars and use just a little bit of hydrogen fuel to power our house for its estimated up to hundreds of years. Generations of families powered by the same little bit of hydrogen fuel. Now that's if such an experiment has actually taken place and what they tell us they've achieved has actually been achieved. And if it is practical to blow it up, no pun intended, to blow it up to a larger scale and to use it practically in everyday life. Now, Despite the DOE's announcement, the media has reminded us that we should not forget about climate change. I read this article yesterday, and it says that although, I'm paraphrasing here, although this new achievement is going to be announced tomorrow, which is today, I read this on December 12th, scientists hail nuclear fusion breakthrough, but caution that climate change remains a crisis. A climatologist named Peter Glaik said we still need to focus on wind and solar energy. The article itself, Scientists Hail Nuclear Fusion, etc., says the following. Even boosters of nuclear fusion admit that many questions remain unanswered and that it could take decades before the breakthrough can be used to provide electricity to the public. It's just too expensive right now. Can't really afford it right now. It's not very practical right now. Still need to invest in that solar power and that wind power, which will not power your electric cars because the energy is not consistent and officially, you know, the capacity to store the energy that's generated is not efficient. Although I think that these technologies certainly do exist and there's certainly a time and place to have discussions on hydrogen-powered cars uh, and things that have probably been developed and in use for more than a couple of decades prior to the 21st century. Maybe even going back to the early 20th century and the work of people like Nikola Tesla. Uh, the DOE also said the technology would be implemented 
equitably with a diverse workforce. Now, there's a confusing thing, right? There's a little bit of a confusing thing. First, I'm going to play you the announcement, and then I'm going to play you what the press conference informed us about, that they're going to make sure that they implement this technology equitably. And then after we play these two clips, we're going to utilize our position on the show tonight and what we've discussed so far to shift into something that is beyond the veil. So stay with us. Here is the announcement from the Department of Energy. Here to talk about fusion, combining two particles into one. Last week at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California, scientists at the National Ignition Facility achieved fusion ignition. And that is creating more energy from fusion reactions than the energy used to start the process. So that is the official announcement as of this morning, December 13th, 2022. This is what they said that they're going to do to implement such technology. With the highest safety standards, with cost-effective, equitable uh, deployment. It will be deployed equitably, which means, well, it could mean anything. You can read the official definition of that word, but they have other definitions of that word. Why not just employ the technology everywhere? And you don't have to say equitable because if you really care about people, everybody gets access to this technology. But anyway, she says equitable and then to lead and communities to thrive and with a skilled workforce that's diverse and inclusive. So the workforce that will implement this technology will be diverse not only diverse, but they will also be inclusive. And that makes me think, with the potential dangers for something like proliferation, like if you've seen the third Batman from Christopher Nolan, this unlimited free energy device that Bruce Wayne keeps below the, the river to flood it in an emergency, was turned into a weapon by Bane and uh, the Russian scientist, Dr. Pavel, in the movie. And so it's kind of the same idea. We could turn this energy into an unlimited form of um, uh, unlimited energy that could be used for weapons, unlimited you know, weapons, essentially, uh, that could cause massive destruction but have no radioactive fallout, theoretically. Massive destruction, no radioactive fallout. They called it a neutron bomb in the Batman movie. So I wonder if that's the case, why people like Sam Brinton, formerly at the DOE's Office of Nuclear Energy, why people like that are being placed in charge of sensitive information and sensitive uh, workings. He's been fired or she's been fired or whatever he or she is, has been fired from the Department of Energy after stealing two suitcases that didn't belong to him or her. But I wonder, is that the kind of diversive and inclusive kind of equitable, you know, hiring that they're going to be doing? Why even make a statement like that? Why include that in this groundbreaking, civilization-changing announcement? If you listen to people like Michio Kaku, the theoretical physicist, who refers to Nikolai Kardashev's energetic um, consumption scale... In the 1960s, 
This moves us from a type 1 civilization to a type 2 civilization. From harnessing the power of a planet to harnessing the power of a star. We don't have to go to the sun to do it. We can do it right here on Earth, just like the Spider-Man movie. You ever seen the Spider-Man movie with Doc Ock? Dr. Octopus, where he creates a little fusion reaction. You heard it in the montage. And then it becomes unstable, and Spider-Man has to come in and get James Franco out of the way. That movie, just like the Batman movie, with this unlimited clean energy turned into a nuclear bomb, that's the danger of proliferation and creating something that is unstable. You've probably seen science shows, Discovery Channel shows, where they talk about creating wormholes, right? And those wormholes would need to be created, you know, if they were done intentionally, uh, with an immense amount of energy concentrated in a, in, a, in a small area. And you could rip open a hole in space-time. The kind of stuff that L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons dabbled with within their Aleister Crowley experiments in California. Jack Parsons of the Jet Propulsions, or the humorously put Jack Parsons Laboratory, JPL, which is essentially a division of NASA. And the experiments and the rituals and the ceremonies that they performed reportedly involved using sympathetic magic to tear open a portal or a gateway in the fabric of the universe, reportedly using, let's say you take a sheet and in the ritual, and it was several days, several weeks, even several months in some cases, some of these rituals, Babylon working was one of the names, you tear the sheet, the sheet represents space-time, the fabric of our reality. You rip it in places sympathetically with the universe. That's just the name of the magic. It's not sympathetic as in a positive thing. You rip holes in it, and you bring presences, energies, monsters, demons, the titans, through into our dimension, into our world. Now, it's not just something that you might have seen in Stranger Things. This is what Jack Parsons, Jet Propulsion's Laboratory Jack Parsons, this is what Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, Alistair Crowley, the Werner Von Braun types, this is what they were doing in California, in New Mexico. Jack Parsons used to recite poems to the goat god before they would light rockets off. This is the foundation of NASA. NASA is a very occult agency. Likewise, it is theorized, it is speculated upon, that when the Trinity bomb was detonated, not really the first official nuclear weapon, even Oppenheimer had said uh, that that bomb was of German providence, referring potentially to a U-boat that went missing at the end of the war. This is actually in the U.S. National Archives, and I tell the story in my book, The Technological Elixir, at thesecretteachings.info. It's the only place you can get a copy of it, physical or soft uh, or soft cover. I should say physical cop, uh, soft cover or digital. Uh, a U-boat that went missing that transferred a lot of material to the United States, including fuses and uh, enriched nuclear uranium to build these bombs. So the Trinity bomb reportedly uh, was not the first bomb. The Germans actually detonated disintegration bombs, but... 
Let's look at the July 16, 1945 detonation, the Trinity bomb, which in and of itself is important considering the obsession of not only Oppenheimer, but other scientists with the Indian traditions, uh, the Indian mythologies, which also refer to nuclear type explosions. You know, I, I become death the destroyer of worlds. Um, and it's a, it's a lot more than that, he says. Uh, and, and I believe they, uh, he said, or it was reported the other scientists, I think he said the scientists have known sin. Uh, they've known they they know death. Uh, they, they basically that the detonation of the Trinity bomb they opened up uh, a gateway, even if it's not literal, figuratively to the other side. And the Trinity obviously refers to the Hindu Trinity, like the Christian Trinity, uh, the Hindu Trinity, uh, which is Brahma, the Creator, Vishnu, the Preserver, and Shiva, the Destroyer. Now I've become death, the Destroyer of worlds. I've become Shiva. So that bomb reportedly was accompanied by, and you can see some pictures of it too. Um, I say reported because there's an official reason, then there's, of course, the unofficial reason, uh, with a container. And that container put off to the side of where the bomb was detonated was like an alchemical experiment. An alchemical experiment where you have a vessel, and in that vessel, using an immense amount of energy, like a lightning bolt bringing Frankenstein's monster to life. Using an immense amount of energy, let's say an atomic bomb, you could bring about or you could bring into existence uh, a new form of life, the homunculus, the little man. Kind of similar to Lamb that Aleister Crowley contacted. Something was also incorporated into the Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard rituals in California. And this is where a lot of the research, of course, has taken place outside of New Mexico. And this is where uh, Jack Parsons and Hubbard and all these guys, the NASA people, uh, were involved in uh, sex rituals and uh, things that are very dark and things that are very mysterious. Not really the point of tonight's show entirely, but when you look at the history of this, you realize this is alchemy. And the achievement of fusing particles together to create unlimited energy and these perpetual fusion reactions. The Chinese have also done it. They did it for 17 minutes with their artificial sun, it was reported earlier this year. And this alchemical achievement, it's not just a scientific achievement, it is an alchemical achievement, which traditionally has been, you know, science. This achievement, which is alchemical, is also very theological because according to a handful of news articles, and I want to give Derek Murphy credit for sending this to me. And then I told him something he didn't know. And that's why we talk all the time. He's a good friend because we, we share things and we're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. He sent this to me last night. U.S. scientists achieve holy grail nuclear fusion reaction. He sent me the, uh, he, he, he texted it to me or emailed it to me. And then I found a couple of articles. And I told him, I said, well, it kind of sounds like since they want to use this energy to solve the climate crisis, it kind of sounds like just a few weeks ago, uh, there was a story about an individual who smashed the climate change tablets or commandments on top of what we believe to be Mount Sinai. And you just think about that for a second. Israeli activist smashes climate change 10 commandments atop Mount Sinai, Jerusalem Post. And Derek was like, that's absolutely insane. I, I didn't hear that. And then he sends me this. U.S. scientists achieve holy grail of nuclear fusion. What is the holy grail? It's something that puts you in contact with God, right? 
It's something that brings this mystical, mythical, theological element to this scientific achievement. Something that, because it deals with fusion, it reminds us of the Trinity bomb. It reminds us of Jack Parsons. It reminds us of Werner von Braun. It reminds us of NASA, of the phallic ship rocket penetrating the sky goddess nut, merging the heavens and the earth breaking forth from a type 1 civilization to a type 2 civilization, the merging of heaven and earth. That is the Emerald Tablet, as we talked about with Marlena Brimner on the show recently. Uh, Hermetic uh, philosophy, the, the Corpus Hermeticum we talked about with her in her new book. Merging the heavens and the earth. We move beyond the planetary sphere and we obtain the power of an entire solar system of a sun. That transition is civilized alchemy or civilization alchemy, if you will. We've achieved the Holy Grail, that device used to communicate with God. This fusion reaction achievement is essentially a Tower of Babel scenario. We have the power now in the Holy Grail. We have the power now with the Ten Commandments given to man by the green elite. We have a covenant now with those green elite that we can create our own suns like the Chinese have done. We can create our own worlds. We can reach into other dimensions and we can extract resources from them. And we don't just need quantum mechanics, quantum sciences like, let's say, nuclear bombs or fusion technology with no carbon with no radioactive byproduct, we can do it with computers. As Jordy Rose said, as the inventor of the D-Wave computer, we can go into these other dimensions and we can extract these resources. The way that they work, if you know this, how this works, is one of the interpretations is that you tap into these parallel universes and they one do One of the guys who talks about this is Elon, who uh, says things like this, like, when you do this, beware. Because you think, just like the guy in the stories, that when you do this, you're going to put that, that, that little guy in a pentagram, and you're going to have your holy water out, and you're going to wave it at the thing, and by God, it's going to do exactly what you say, and not one thing more, but it never works out that way. So uh, this, is an, this is an attitude that some are having, this emerging alarmism about the way this is, is going to go. But this, these words, demons, doesn't capture the essence of what's happening here. Uh, I don't know if any of you are uh, turn-of-the-century weird fiction fans, but there's this guy named H.P. Lovecraft, who's a very famous American weird fiction author. And he exposed a, a view which is called Cosmicism. And the essence of Cosmicism is cosmic indifference. So he, what he was saying is basically, yes, there are these massively intelligent entities out there, but they're not good, they're not evil. They just don't give a shit about you even in the slightest. The same way that you don't care about an ant is the same way they're not gonna care about you. And these things that we're summoning into the world now are not demons, they're not evil, but they're more like the Lovecraftian great old ones. There are entities that are not necessarily going to be aligned with what we want. So this is the usage of quantum technology, quantum computers, 
to peer into other worlds, other dimensions, and extract resources from them. When you look at Jack Parsons, Werner von Braun, L. Ron Hubbard, Aleister Crowley, and the rituals of merging heaven and earth, the rocket, the phallus, and the earthly, heavenly, spherical womb, the harnessing of the power of the sun beyond the power of a single planet, merging our civilization totally and completely together with unlimited access to energy, unlimited energy, on the Kardashev scale, making us a type 2 civilization. And referring to this walk on the stairway to heaven as the Holy Grail, just like the climate change commandments that were smashed on Mount Sinai recently, according to the Jerusalem Post. The Holy Grail is that communication device with God, and the Holy Grail in terms of a fusion reaction that could lead us to unlimited clean energy, they say can solve the climate crisis. Now, I did a show back in March of this year called Black Atom, A-T-E-M, Direct Currency. The direct currency is a reference to DC Comics. I did that show with Derek Murphy. And we said this, DC Comics is directing currency and chaos through major motion pictures that focus viewer attention on electrical currents and the multiverse. These same concepts, sigils, and symbols can be seen in sports, geopolitics, and other forms of entertainment. I think of... um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which was super similar, strangely enough, to Doctor Strange and the, the, the multiverse. The idea that we can become superheroes through new technologies accompanies the idea that technocrats can therefore become gods. When you realize that digital assimilation creates subhuman qualities, it becomes clear that the new gods are attempting to create Armageddon to build their own version of a new heaven and earth after end times. This new world will then be subject to the laws of man rather than God, and those uploaded into the multi-metaverse become new synthetic digital men, or the black atom, which is atom, of course, meta reversed is atom, atom, or atom, uh, which is the meta or the atom verse, the black atom, which is basically the digital sphere, which is a digital hell. And you see they bring in the holy grail and the climate change commandments and tell us that no matter what kind of technology we can get out of this fusion holy grail reaction we still need to focus on the green new deal and the wind and the solar so is this just kind of like um using uh technology or the promise of technology like flying cars to get us on board with the reoccurring idea of 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 green technology, green energy. In other words, it's almost as if limitless fusion generated energy with no byproduct that is negative could be a sophisticated form of propaganda to rejuvenate us into investing in the Green New Deal. Not only could such fusion technology potentially be turned into a weapon, but one of the weapons we haven't thought about and we haven't considered beyond proliferation is its usage to spur destructive economic, political, ideological, philosophical advancements. I want you to think about that because by the end of the century, according to Bjorn Lomberg and others, we're going to be really well off regardless if we do anything to the climate or not. We can just keep living the way we are. No advancements, no adaptations. So with this new technology in a couple decades, we could achieve unlimited, clean energy. Then why continue to invest in things that will be archaic and antiquated in just a few years? 
I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. When we come back, Batman, Spider-Man, Atlantis, comic books, movies, TV shows, and what they have to say and their kind of predictive, um, predictive capacity. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Tonight, the power of the sun in the palm of your hand. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food Philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teaching. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Today, we're here to talk about fusion, combining two particles into one. A type one civilization is truly planetary. They absorb all the light coming in from their mother star, and they control all planetary forms of energy. For example, they might be able to modify the weather. A type two civilization is stellar. They control the entire energy output of a star. Last week at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California, scientists at the National Ignition Facility achieved fusion ignition, and that is creating more energy from fusion reactions than the energy used to start the process. It's the first time it has ever been done in a laboratory. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. No fossil fuels. Free clean energy for an entire city. Someone will work out Dr. Pavel and someone will figure out a way to make this power source into a nuclear weapon. Commercial fusion in the next decade with the highest safety standards, with cost-effective 
equitable deployment that positions American businesses to lead and communities to thrive, and with a skilled workforce that's diverse and inclusive. I will note that actually we do work in parallel universes. Simply put, this is one of the most impressive scientific feats of the 21st century. This is now a four megaton nuclear bomb. Pull the core out of the reactor. No, you cannot. This is the only power source capable of sustaining it. You move it. The core will decay in a matter of months. Five, by my calculations. And for the sake of your children, Dr. Pavel. Indeed, I hope it does. In 2077, the storm of World War had come again. In two brief hours, most of the planet was reduced to cinders. And from the ashes of nuclear devastation, a new civilization would struggle to arise. A miniaturized arc reactor. We got a big one powering my factory at home. But what could it generate? If my math is right, that noise is three gigajoules per second. That could warn your heart for 50 lifetimes. Or some big for 15 minutes. Fasten your seatbelts. successful fusion reaction. We knew the world would not be the same. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all thought that, one way or another. Scientists and the media are referring to the fusion reaction achieved at Lawrence Livermore laboratory run by the Department of Energy as the holy grail of nuclear fusion reactions, giving it a kind of mystical, mythical, theological, philosophical feel. They say that this technology could be used, maybe a decade, two decades, three decades, to produce unlimited clean energy with no carbon emissions, no nuclear radioactive fallout, if you will. No spent fuel rods, nothing to hide inside of a mountain somewhere, nothing to bury under the ground out in Idaho to contaminate the water of the surrounding cities. Just pure, clean energy. Have they actually achieved this? Theoretically. Is it going to be applied to the modern world anytime soon? Probably not. And that's why we've been told that we should still focus on climate change. Don't forget about climate change. And don't forget that we need solar and wind power. That makes me think, as we've discussed tonight on the show so far, that this idea of unlimited energy, whether they achieved this feat or not, acquiring more energy output than input in the experiment, according to the DOE, 2.05 megajoules of energy created 3.15 megajoules of fusion energy output. They call this a breakthrough in clean fusion energy on the road to net zero carbon economies. But not only could such technology be used for proliferation of nuclear type weapons with no radioactive fallout, they could be turned into a different kind of weapon, a social weapon. Well, we're being told this 
We're not considering that why we're being told this is to rejuvenate us into reconsidering the Green New Deal, if you will. Green ideology. In other words, the fusion reaction is really just a sophisticated form of propaganda to reignite our interest in investing in wind and solar and energies that are not consistent, at least at the moment, and energies that why would we invest in them if we can have this clean and limited energy within just a few decades, within a lifetime? Why continue to invest in those things? Is it just about money or is it something else? They call it the Holy Grail. I think of the Jerusalem Post story from a couple of weeks ago. A climate activist smashed the Ten Commandments of climate change on top of Mount Sinai. You know Mount Sinai, right? The Ten Commandments, climate change commandments, right? And it's kind of the same feeling with the holy grail of nuclear fusion reaction. They're giving it this mystical, mythical feel. Just like with the Trinity bomb, right? Trinity bomb, named after the Hindu trinity, and I become death, the destroyer of worlds. You've all heard that quote. Oppenheimer said the scientists have learned and known sin. We just found out yesterday on the 12th that Christopher Nolan, one of my favorite directors, I actually studied him in film school. Christopher Nolan has created a nuclear weapon explosion without the usage of CGI for his new movie, Oppenheimer. And the next day, we get the announcement of this nuclear fusion reaction. Is it in some capacity kind of like CGI? It's not really real, but it kind of is real, but it's sort of real. But what is the purpose behind this announcement? What does all of this mean? And what are the potential downsides of it? These are just a couple of questions that I have. I think of Hollywood or what I call Bollywood, not the Indian Bollywood, but the B-A-A-L-Y Bollywood. Think of movies like Spider-Man. I talked to Clyde on the phone last night. He mentioned to me Spider-Man movie with Doc Ock, right? Dr. Octopus. And I went to pull a synopsis of that movie. And it says this, to perform a sustained atomic fusion experiment using an extremely sun-hot radioactive machine, Octavius has developed a set of artificially intelligent mechanical robot octopus tentacle-like arms named Harry, Larry, Moe, and Flo which are impervious to heat and magnetism and are telepathically controlled by Octavius around his waist. Though the experiment overloads and becomes unstable, Dr. Octavius refuses to halt it with devastating results. His wife is killed. The neural inhibitor chip, which uh, prevented the advanced AI of the arms from influencing his mind and his decisions, is destroyed, and the arms become permanently fused to his spine and damaged brain. We talked about that for a few minutes last night, and I thought, you know what this reminds me of? Reminds me of The Dark Knight Rises, another Christopher Nolan movie. And I said to Clyde, I said, I think The Dark Knight Rises really explains it well because in that movie, with that's the one with Bane, uh, Tom Hardy, the nuclear bomb or neutron bomb was a weapon of mass destruction that began as a clean energy project. Wayne Enterprises developed a fusion reactor that was meant to supply Gotham City with a source of clean energy. The reactor was then weaponized, and that weapon was going to be used by the League of Shadows, and uh, Miranda Tate, the character, 
uh, uh, Talia, I think was her name, to hold the city hostage before destroying it. And I said that, I mean, that kind of feels like what potentially could be happening here. Because Clyde told me, he said that the danger is proliferation, turning this clean energy into a bomb, into a weapon of some sort, or into a series of different kinds of technologies, perhaps, that have nothing to do with nuclear weapons, you know, unlimited energy in different capacities, you know, maybe lasers or guns, or I don't know, something like that, science fiction stuff, right? But, you know, it's kind of like the Batman movie, because, you know, the they held the city hostage, Bane and the League of Shadows, before they were going to detonate the bomb. And it was all a psychological kind of experiment, right? And, and, and they, they traumatized and basically tortured the residents of Gotham. And it basically, at the end, destroyed Batman, um, and it forced him to disappear. Uh, and he took the bomb out to, the, if you haven't seen it by now, if he, he, took, he took the bomb out uh, into the ocean and detonated it there, and you think Batman, you know, died and so when you watch that movie and you, and you pay attention to the storyline, they used the nuclear fusion reactor that was going to provide clean energy as when they pulled the core out as a nuclear bomb to terrorize the city before destroying it. And I can't help but think the announcement of a fusion reaction they call the Holy Grail now, but still they tell us we have to focus on green energy and solar and wind power, which seems inefficient and already antiquated if we've achieved this. And in a few decades, if we could apply it furthermore, kind of sounds like we're being teased and it kind of sounds like we're being led to believe that we'll achieve the flying car. Just give us a little bit more time. Keep investing in the green, keep voting for the green politicians, keep putting your money into these green programs and policies and just believe it'll happen and it will happen. So it becomes very magical in that sense. It's a, it's a way to alchemically, not only the, the, the hydrogen reaction, which is alchemy in and of itself, creating basically, a, like the Chinese have done, a, a miniature sun on Earth, which could be used with an immense amount of power to create black holes, wormholes, uh, gateways, portals, dimensions, you name it. And when you think about the magical and alchemical components to this, and you look at a movie like The Dark Knight Rises and the psychology behind it and, and the terrorizing of the public with something that was supposed to help them with something that could destroy them just to terrorize them, to prove a point before blowing the city apart, kind of feels like perhaps the fusion reaction they call the Holy Grail that was reportedly discovered and they announced it today is kind of a way to terrorize us and make us feel like we, we need to we need to do the right thing and keep focused on the Green New Deal and keep focused on that wind and that solar energy, which is inefficient. And we've got the solution at the end of the day that'll make all of this obsolete and we'll never have to worry about energy again. But when the time comes to implement it, it's three, two, one, boom. So there's Batman 3 on top of Spider-Man 2. And I want you to think of those two movies in regard to a show we did earlier this year back in March with Derek Murphy called Black Atom, Direct Currency. We said Direct Currency was DC. Uh, and the reason we did that show was I went to see, um, I think it was the new Batman movie, which was really good. Um, and when I went to see it, I noticed that all the commercials, there were these lightning bolts, electricity, electricity, lightning bolts, so from Elvis to whatever, you name it. Fla I think Flash was another preview. And I remember texting Derek while I was in the theater, and, I, and we, we had been talking about this. And I said, I think DC is really direct current. 
right? Like AC, DC power, DC comics is really directing currency uh, or direct chaos. And they're doing this through major motion pictures that focus attention on electrical currents and multiverses. Think of, it's not DC, but you think of um, uh, somewhere, uh, not somewhere, it's everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, you think of uh, Doctor Strange uh, and the multiverse. Uh, those movies were actually very similar, some of the same concepts and ideas. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, this is all based on the idea that we can become superhuman. We can become superheroes in a sense. And the new gods that we are creating or that we are summoning are basically here, whether that's through the emergence or through the elite that controlled this whole thing. They're here to create an artificial Armageddon so they can destroy the world and then they can build a new heaven and a new earth after the end times. They, they can be the gods. They are the, the progeny of the gods. They are the descendants of the gods. They have a right to rule because of their blood, right? So they give us all the technology. They give us all the things. They promise us these things anyway. Um, they give us all these things that allow us to, to live a, a life that is luxurious and without care and without concern. They promise us all these things anyway. We're going to have you know, pure, raw fusion reactions, no negative consequences. We'll have this. Just keep holding on a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. You can have brain implants and Neuralink and Starlink and connect yourself to machines and upload your information, consciousness into a computer. We can do all these things. You become superhuman. Just hold on a little bit longer and we'll get you there. But what they're doing is they're building an artificial and a digital sub-reality. Samsung is officially building this and they're creating a shell for something to inhabit. And it's not an artificial intelligence we're creating. It's an artificial intelligence that might actually not be so artificial or synthetic. It might be quite organic and something akin to what Jordy Rose talked about when he discussed the D-Wave or the quantum computer and the Lovecraftian old ones that don't really care about you. Cosmicism. Monsters and demons and beings that don't care about you. They're not good or evil. They're just there. Kind of like Elon Musk. It's not really good or evil. He wants everybody to talk so he can feed his algorithm, his system. And this new world will then be subject to the laws of man rather than God. And those uploaded into the multi-metaverse become new synthetic digital men or the black atom, kind of like Adam, right? Adam, atom, which is an inversion of meta. The metaverse is the atomverse or the atom curse. We talked about that back in March. That show, I will actually uh, upload that tomorrow before tomorrow's show is posted. I'll upload that as a best of so you can you don't have to scroll through the archive to find it. So we talked about that earlier this year, energy, currency, uh, the emergence, and all these things. Uh, recently, I watched a movie called Atlantis. I remember I saw it when I was a kid, I think, for my birthday. And this movie is about a power source in the heart of Atlantis, the lost city. The heart of Atlantis is a crystal-based comet fragment charged with a mysterious energy that appears in the animated film Atlantis, the Lost Empire. It is the power source of Atlantis which provides the Atlanteans with extended longevity and technological advancement. And some explorers want to take that energy source and turn it into a weapon. I don't know much about Flash, but Derek Murphy sent me uh, a little email where he explained that in Flash and in the TV show, he said uh, in Flash, that, that Flash in the, in the movie, I, I believe it was, got his powers when he was struck by a bolt of lightning while working in a lab in Central City. 
He was holding some kind of uh, chemicals at the time that spilled on him. And then Derek said that in the Flash TV show, Star Labs, S-T-A-R Labs, a research facility featured on the show, uh, built basically a particle accelerator to advance science and provide clean power to Central City. When they turned the accelerator on, it exploded, spewing dark matter and particles out into the city and creating a lightning storm. So there's lightning again and again and again and again and again. Um, And you look at everything from Stranger Things, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Thor. Uh, You look at all these movie uh, previews, trailers, uh, promos, Shazam, Elvis. Uh, There's one, uh, uh, is it Chippendale, Rescue Rangers? They have the lightning bolt there. Of course, Flash, Black Adam, Miss Marvel. All these movies, all these TV shows, lightning bolts, electricity, lightning bolts, electricity. And of course, in these movies, both old and new CG, cartoon, live action, dealing with from Spider-Man to Batman to Atlantis and limited clean sources of energy that become unstable. Uh, The dangers of AI, the dangers of Neuralink, the dangers of using this kind of technology to power the world, the usage of it to create weapons. In Aquaman, Atlantis is given power from the gods before the fall in the form of the trident. That allows for the mastery of technology, right? We say the trident controls, you know, oceans and emotions, watery, fluid things in the body and the mind and the soul. But when they abuse it and the scientists tinker with it, it causes the collapse of Atlantis into the sea. They unlocked the secret of unlimited energy and then destroyed themselves. That's an Aquaman. Godzilla, of course, the original Godzilla fire-breathing behemoth that terrorizes Japan, like the um, Blue Oyster Cult song. Oh, no, there goes Tokyo. It's Godzilla. Uh, After an atomic bomb is detonated, that awakens Godzilla from his centuries-old sleep. If you watch Godzilla vs. Kong, which we talked kind of a little bit about on Friday, because I just just saw it. It's very synchronistic now with tonight's show. Uh, You have the hollow earth, and you have this energy source inside of the earth, a radiation, uh, kind of radiation, that is the reason that the Titans have the power that they have. Uh, the energy fuels an ecosystem within side of the Earth, uh, which is totally distinct from the surface. And the energy in the movie is sought after in order to power uh, the mechanized Godzilla to fight the real Godzilla if he should ever decide to uh, you know attack humans. And in the movie, he kind of you know Godzilla attacks this corporate facility. But Godzilla only attacks when he's threatened. And this corporate facility, you find out, you should, should have seen the movie by now if you haven't, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, the only reason he's attacking is because they're building a machine and trying to harness this unlimited power so that they can, they can fight Godzilla if he ever attacks them. But the irony is they create this to fight him, but that's what, you know, forces Godzilla's hand in attacking humans to begin with. And then, of course, you have Iron Man, the arc reactor, which is a fusion-type power source feature in a palladium core, was the initial power source of the first Iron Man suits and was later modified to an advanced level by Tony Stark to power his more advanced suits as it kept on improving. During the events of Iron Man 2, Tony rediscovered and synthesized a new element theorized by Howard Stark as a clean and safe core alternative to palladium core. This not only stopped palladium poisoning of Tony's body, but also reversed its effects, saving his life. Uh, then, of course, in the Avengers movie, Tony Stark creates the arc reactor to power Stark Tower. He says it's the only game in free energy. He says Stark Tower is about to become a beacon of clean or self-sustaining clean energy. Uh, plus, there was an episode of Ground Zero Radio, and I think we did it here on The Secret Teachings as well, uh, 
because I was out of town. I was actually in Portland for that episode. And then I came home and I ended up doing an episode of The Secret Teachings uh, on Algol, A-L-G-O-L, Algol, an old movie, uh, early 20th century, I believe it was like 1920. And that movie, subtitle, uh, The Tragedy of Power. And in that movie, you have aliens come to Earth and they give man this machine that gives him superpowers and it basically provides unlimited energy. We did that show with Clyde about Al Gore, the demon star. And I believe we discussed on that show one of my favorite episodes of The Twilight Zone, which is other than The Dark Knight Rises is what I thought about when I heard about the holy grail of fusion reactions that they've been able to achieve. I thought of The Twilight Zone to serve man again. Because To Serve Man, the episode, features aliens. And these aliens come to Earth, and they offer man this unlimited technology, right? This unlimited technology, unlimited energy technology, allows us to have, they're called the canimate, is the aliens, which means, I I forget exactly, what is the exact definition of that? I looked it up today, something like... um, uh, tastiness or something because that's that's the idea of the episode they're going to eat humans right to serve man but they promise man that they are going to give him unlimited technology unlimited energy technology clean energy here's a synopsis it says the aliens known as the canimit seem friendly and assure everyone they have nothing to be afraid of in fact they offer to share wonderful technology that will provide limitless energy cure all disease and convert deserts into lush gardens something like dune right I want you to think about that for a second. What I've been saying for months here on The Secret Teachings, I've been saying that the pandemic or the fear of disease has been transitioning alchemically into the climate change narrative. We need lockdowns to curb carbon dioxide emissions, right? We need a zero carbon policy, zero CO2 policy, just like a zero COVID policy. What country is at the forefront of that? China. They're the ones that have the artificial sun and they broke... Uh, the fusion record, 17 minutes of fusion reaction earlier this year, according to, this, uh, to the Smithsonian. That's what the Chinese achieved with their artificial sun. Zero COVID, zero CO2. CO2, COVID, they both start with CO, right? It's an easy transition. And the aliens offer, I believe they're at the UN, the Kahneman aliens offer to humans energy that will help to cure all disease and will help to convert deserts into lush gardens. Well, those are the two issues that we believe we face today, right? A pandemic that'll never end, disease, and a desertification of the earth, which isn't actually happening. The earth is greener, but let's go with the climate change narrative. Everything is dying. So we have desert, a planet that is dying, and people that are dying with disease. And this limitless energy from the Kahneman can help us. All and I'm not saying the energy department, the Department of Energy is, is, is a sinister agency and they're doing something suspicious and this isn't real. It, it, what I'm saying is, let's think about it in, in these kinds of terms. Possibly what they're telling us is they're here to serve man. Just hold on to the green energy a little bit longer and they're going to get us this fusion technology, this holy grail. They're going to get it for us. We're going to be able to use it. And we're going to be able to cure all diseases and turn our dying planet into a planet of gardens, like a garden paradise of Eden or Hespera. And we just need 
to trust them. And hopefully they're telling us the truth and we don't have to decipher the Holy Grail and find out that it's actually a cookbook. So you have this idea in Algol, the Twilight Zone, Iron Man, the Avengers. You have it in Godzilla or Gojira, Aquaman, Flash, the cartoon movie Atlantis, which is a great example. Spider-Man 2, another great example. My favorite example outside of Atlantis is The Dark Knight Rises because it's, a, it's basically a fusion reactor, clean energy, turned into a bomb, and it's used to threaten the citizens of Gotham before it's detonated. Clean energy, but it could proliferate into something more than that. It could proliferate into something very destructive. So this could lead us, if we follow the Kardashev scale, from type 1, harnessing the power of a planet, altering the weather, etc., to a type 2 civilization. And for them to call it the Holy Grail, while simultaneously saying that, as I played for you earlier, we need to do this in an equitable way. We need to do this with diversity and in the inclusion. Next commercial fusion in the next decade with the highest safety standards, with cost-effective, equitable uh, deployment that positions a workforce that's diverse and inclusive. I skipped ahead there so you could hear it. Equitable, diverse, and inclusive. And they keep saying it's Really, Joe Biden, who who's doing all this, he's he's the one that accomplished all this. He's look at the DOE press release. Joe Biden, he, he's bold, he's brave, he's doing it all. They've highly politicized the Holy Grail. They've highly politicized potentially the greatest scientific achievement in the history of man. And they politicized it and made it all about Joe Biden, made it all about how we still need to focus on climate change. In other words, it kind of feels like they're using limitless fusion-generated energy with no negative byproducts as a sophisticated form of propaganda to rejuvenate our interest in investing in green new deals. What about the dangers of proliferation in general, with all the political stuff put aside? The implication that man can essentially hold the power of the sun in the palm of his hand, thereby becoming God. Ironically, on December 2nd, the U.S. Air Force unveiled the B-21 Raider, its first new bomber in over 30 years designed to use weapons that haven't yet been invented. There's an interesting synchronicity there, perhaps. But beyond this proliferation concern, beyond the scientific is the occult. With the Livermore experiment being referred to as the Holy Grail, which is an object that has the ability, uh, has an ability to touch God and heal the planet, just like those commandments being smashed on Mount Sinai recently over climate change, or the COVID-19 shrine that was burned in Warwickshire. What did the aliens give humans at the UN in that episode of the Twilight Zone to serve man? Energy to solve disease and desertification of the planet. This process of fusion is an alchemical transformation at its core, turning a little bit of hydrogen into a lot of energy. A lot of abundance, like Jesus with five loaves and two fish. This has the ability to call upon advanced life in the universe, perhaps. Especially because 2022 marks the 75th anniversary of Roswell, an event that occurred just a few years 
with all of these other sightings from the Battle of Los Angeles to Murray Island in the 40s, right around the time of those first nuclear bombs detonating. Here we are tapping into other worlds, with fusion and quantum computers intentionally or unintentionally opening gateways as we merge heaven and earth with the power of the sun in the palm of our hands. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to our archive. Please grab a copy of one of my books like Occult Arcana or The Technological Elixir. Contact us at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed, and we will talk to you on the next broadcast. The Music White Bat Audio.